When people think of Fleetwood Mac, they think of 1977's Rumors. The album was not only wildly successful, with nearly every track being a hit in its own right, but the recording process was absolutely scandalous, with heavy drug use, breakups, and general infighting abound. Casual Fleetwood Mac listeners might be shocked to find out that Rumors was in fact not the final Fleetwood Mac album. No. The band continued making music into the early 2000s, though with several members dropping in and out over the years. For a time, it seemed like 1982's Mirage would be the final Fleetwood Mac studio album. Full stop. Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, Christine McVie, and even Mick Fleetwood all were pursuing solo careers after the Mirage tour wrapped up, and each one of them released at least one album in the wake. Oddly enough, it was McVie's solo career that led to a sort of impromptu Fleetwood Mac reunion. McVie was hired to record a cover of Elvis Presley's Can't Help Falling in Love for the 1986 comedy film A Fine Mess, starring Ted Danson and Howie Mandel. McVie recruited Rumors engineer and producer Richard Dashett, and Buckingham, Fleetwood, and John McVie were brought on for the instrumentation. The details after this recording are blurry, but eventually Buckingham invited Fleetwood Mac to work in the studio next to where he was working on his third solo album. The Fleetwood Mac project eventually overtook his own, and in 1987, Fleetwood Mac's 14th studio album, Tango in the Night, was released. The album was another commercial success for the band, with a track penned by Christine and her then-husband, Eddie Quintella, hitting number four on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the Billboard Adult Contemporary Chart and number five in the UK. This track was Fleetwood Mac's final top ten hit. Many assume the song is about Christine's relationship with her first husband, John but the fact has never been confirmed and likely never will be confirmed now. That's right. We're talking Little Lies by <laughs> Fleetwood Mac on Lover Me. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. That's right, it's Lover Me, the only podcast that compares famous love songs to their many cover versions to find out which one believes in you. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my little co-host. <laughs> Wasn't I like a baby or something last week? <laughs> yeah, you were a baby <laughs> for <laughs> I don't mean to actually continue to infantilize you, but I guess it's happening. Hello, Alex. Uh, hello. Uh, Hello. How you doing? Hello. I'm I'm doing all right. I've been I've been a little sick for uh, the last couple of days, but I'm I'm getting I'm on the up and up. I'm getting better. Yeah, you got up and you got down with the sickness, huh? Yeah, and now you're I'm at up one of again. those uh, COVID exposure parties I've heard so much about. Yeah, no, it was not a COVID sick. It was another sick. Hmm. Yeah. That's. I'm sad to hear it. I'm glad to hear you're you're getting back on your legs though, Alex. Um, to help you carry the load this week though we brought in a special guest oh we certainly uh have. returning for the i actually last week i guessed at how many times john had been on the podcast i guessed exactly right nice so i'm gonna see if i can do that again with greta james this week returning for the sixth time no come on it's gotta be right it's not six how many is it four forever young bitch better have my money firework Kylie. Kylie. Backstreet Boys. Oh, I did do Backstreet Boys. Six. Five. <laughs> um, That's it. Yeah, all that to say, welcome, Greta James. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry for the correction before the hello. Yeah, how dare you? Whose house do you think you're in? <laughs> I just, I can't believe it's six. I don't know when it got to that. 
Uh, this week, just now, basically. Yeah, this, this right is this six. moment, we're at number six. If that's too much for you, you can leave right now. It's no, gonna be okay. All right. I'm committed. <laughs> You're committed. <laughs> Fantastic. So glad to have you back on. Uh, Credit James, what's new? What's exciting? What's fun? Um, not a lot is new. It is that time of year where we're recovering from Christmas still, and yeah, it's winter and it's sad. Um, so. Not a lot on the news front from Greta, but I'm here and I'm excited. You're excited. Of course, time of year you're excited for most summer when you're out there on the streets. Yeah. Um, poppy threads. Tell us where can people follow you and find out the latest in in off the street streetwear fashion. Uh street. yeah. God, it's been a while since I've promoed. I feel like promo. Promo. Um Poppy Threads. Um uh, Poppy Threads pop up on Instagram, Poppy Threads on Facebook. So a pop-up clothing store based in Vancouver, primarily in the West End near Stanley Park and English Bay. On the corner of Robson and Denman. Robson and Denman. Robson and Denman. Um, so fun summer clothing, beachy kind of stuff, and maybe little festival things if you can put stuff together right. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out in social media. Maybe come May, I'll start teasing you all of some goodies. For mm. the summer line 2023. Um, but yeah, that's there's not a lot of news on that front. I'm very boring. I'm sorry. Hey, you're not boring. We're about to talk about some very exciting stuff here. And that was very exciting, too. Everything on this show is exciting. Folks agree. It's exciting. That's show. why we have a it's an exciting show. It's why we got five stars across all platforms. Yeah, it's it. only five stars. That's only five stars. Um, but let me Total. ask you all this. Total. This, Alex, this is our, what, fourth time talking about Fleetwood Mac? Uh, is this the fourth? We talked about... third. We talked about, um... It's at least we the third. Yeah. Black Magic Woman. We did, yeah, we did Black Magic Woman. We did uh, Landslide. Landslide. Oh, we did Landslide and we did, uh... What is did I, you do dreams because of the yeah we did dreams we did dreams of the guy we did do dreams I thought you did go your own way did you not do go your own no we way? did Don't not think do so. go our own way okay, yeah so that's sorry. four yeah four I'm so good at numbers yeah. <laughs> you get the right wow. numbers that's <laughs> a memory you've got one I've got one um talk about Fleetwood Mac again the greatest thing about this band is that they they so strongly do not want me to see them perform live that Christine McVie took her own life. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that was yeah. That was a big move. That was a big move. But they really dislike you. I didn't realize yeah. that you got checkmated. <laughs> They're like, listen, he's relentless. He's moved to Vancouver now, and we like have to tour there at some point. We're just gonna end it. <laughs> Maybe it was just Christy. They just drew straws. I like to think. I think it was a group decision. <laughs> they might do another. Uh, they probably couldn't do it one without her. No, come on. Now it mean, takes two people. She to wasn't in the band for quite a while, right? Like they recorded an album in the early 2000s without Christine McVie. That's right. Um, and then she didn't rejoin until quite a bit later. But then I think Lindsey Buckingham left, right? But, Again. Yeah. Again. But if you don't have. Because I feel like you need two of the three of the trio, right? I don't want to discredit the other members, but. Lindsay, Stevie, and Christine. And McVie. Well, you know, the only consistent members across the entire lifetime of the band, as far as I know, uh, are John McVie and Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, I think that's correct. But they weren't really pumping out the hits when it was... 
in the first I mean, days. I don't know much about early I've, Fleetwood. Have you, you, don't, have you ever heard the song Black Magic Woman? <laughs> Was that before everyone else joined? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's when they were called like Peter Re- Green's Fleetwood Mac with Tom Morello or whatever. Like, it was a third guy's name. <laughs> yeah, they had, they, I mean, they had so many different lineups because they were going for like 10 years before Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham even joined. Yeah. And like they had a ton of albums and lineup changes. Yeah. And like it's amazing how much the different members contributed to all those different albums and like how different they are over those 10 years. It's impressive. It is. Yeah, it's, they're, they're, they're a quite very a band. strange band. Um, it's almost a miracle they lasted as long as they did, especially given how their most popular lineup all like fucking hated each other. <laughs> yeah. But it's because they loved each other too much. That's the problem. That's right. Yeah, too much love. A lot of relationships and breakups and cross interrelationships and other breakups and lots of drama. Lots I of guess. tea. Lots of drama. Um, you guys, big Tango in the Night fans. I know Alex, you're a Castlevania guy. How does this compare <laughs> to the other ones guy? in the series? <laughs> um, honestly, this is. I had this CD. My dad had this CD when I was growing up, so like I kind of knew it and listened to it off and on so like yeah i like tango in the night it's a lot more 80s than other um fleetwood mac stuff that's like popular but it's it's Mm -hmm. cool yeah it's a late 80s album right lots of synth work on this Mm -hmm. i was just listening to the deluxe version this morning and there's so many like extended cuts where it's just like let's find every synth noise we can make in 1987 (laughs) and lay it into one track yeah i mean they're also using that the fairlight cmi uh, which is, we talked about it a little bit uh, on Running Up That Hill. Uh, mm. That was also the synthesizer used there. And it's like, like it's a synthesizer, but it's like a sampling synthesizer and it's like a computer. I think that's what the C and CMI stands for. It's like computer music. Okay, computer something. music interface. Uh, instrument. Computer musical instrument. instrument. Yeah. So like, it's just a, especially for, you know, the 1980s, pretty advanced com- digital. Um, synthesis machine right yeah it's a it's a pretty cutting edge album but that's what you get when you're a big name band like Fleetwood Mac Greta yes a lot of familiarity with Tango in the Night or do you really just know Little Lies <laughs> not really Little Lies in everywhere but yeah. yeah I don't think I heard a lot of Fleetwood Mac growing up like we definitely didn't have any CDs or anything from them so no, your mom's not a big big fan. I don't know. Is not your that I remember. Scared of them too. She- <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think my mom likes David Bowie. Alex, it's a it's a thing. Oh, I did. That was. Yeah. Uh, I found that true of some of like my at least one of my friend's parents was like, oh, that's just that weird guy. I'm like, oh, it's not just that weird guy, but <laughs> just that weird guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you don't understand something, you just try to push it away, maybe. Maybe that's what I it is. I wouldn't know anything about that. Nope, never done it. I only <laughs> embrace the ununderstandable. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's who I am. Little Lies, what a track. It's, it's a bit of a banger. It's a definite, definite it's banger. It's a definite banger. It's their last top ten hit. Uh, Alex, you a big fan? Of this song? Yeah. Yeah. This song yeah. rocks. Yeah. This, I mean, song. it's... If you look... I was going back in some of the old Fleetwood Mac stuff um, fairly recently, and mm-hmm. like when once Christine at the time Christine Perfect uh, comes into the picture uh, and starts writing songs for them, like 
they're like really good from the start. She's just a good songwriter, you know? She's yeah. very some good. really good songs, and this is one of them. Yeah. But I think she, I read somewhere she said that she didn't think she was a good writer and she just kept practicing and practicing. Yeah, because Mick Fleetwood was like, keep writing those songs. Yeah, and I can't imagine her writing anything and it not just being some form of magic. Well, it's got me this mystified. Is the point where if I knew, hey, like mm. that. <laughs> If I knew a bad Christine McVie song, I would reference it. I'm not going to say they're all amazing. I'm sure some of them are a little, but like there's some really good ones. Yeah. It's yeah. very consistent. And this one she wrote with her husband of the time. And they're newly wed at this point. In like 1986, they got married. What a strange song to write with your newly wed husband. Right. <laughs> well, they didn't last, so... It lasted until 2003. I'd say that's a pretty good run for a celebrity marriage. Especially for a celebrity that is a Fleetwood Mac member. Yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, uh, but hey, let's talk about these lyrics. People know about this song. They know what we think about this song. We think it's great. Let's talk about the lyrics. It begins like this. If I could turn the page in time, then I'd rearrange just a day or two. What the? Just a few of you. What does this mean? What are we talking about here? Yeah, well, it's uh, an interesting phrasing, I think, because um, it starts with talking about turning the page, and usually turning the page is talking about moving forward. Yeah. But she's talking about rearranging things, like changing the past. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is an interesting um, way of saying that, I think. It is, yeah, you're right, because it seems future-looking when you say turn the page, but it's actually, she's trying to go backwards and rearrange just a day or two. That's a very small amount of time to arrange in the, the grand scheme of things. Do you think it's to arrange it to, to never have the relationship start? I think this relationship's longer than two days. No, but if you rearrange a day or two, you could just get rid of the first day. Bingo, bango. Bingo, bango. Well, a day or two. I think it's more like she thinks the relationship can be fixed if just a cut two different days like went differently, uh, it's like oh, I just make some minor changes to maybe patch this thing up. The, yeah. the genius annotation suggests that it's an understatement, a purposeful understatement, which I don't know about that. Um, but it's definitely like there are admitting that there are things they would change to mm-hmm. you know to prevent their current regrets or whatever you know, like things they would yeah. Well, and I think you have to have perspective. If you want to rearrange it on only just a day or two, then it's clearly because you'd like <coughs> you like some aspect of the relationship, right? Right. You clearly have some kind of love for this person, or else you just be like, if I could turn back time, I just wouldn't want to fucking meet you. We wouldn't be talking about little lies. We wouldn't be talking about any of this. It would just be like, yeah, I turn back time, I I would not date fucking one of the Beach Boys. She'd just say that instead. <laughs> Dennis Wilson. Dennis Wilson of the Beach Specifically. Boys. Specifically. Who this song is maybe about. It's not, it's unclear right. what past relationship this is about. Like we said, a member of Fleetwood Mac. Relationships. Much like Taylor Swift, it's all just for song material. That's all these people do with it. Yeah. These, these twisted musicians. But yeah, she would make some minor altercations to her love history if she had the capabilities. That's, that's I think, the, the most plain definition of that. That bit of bit I of poetry. So. 
Close my eyes, close my eyes, but I couldn't find a way, so I'll settle for one day to believe in you. Tell me, tell me, tell me a lot. So, despite her best efforts, she's not figured out chronomancy. She can't change time. Yeah, that's um, a shame. Closing her eyes didn't work. So, she'll settle for, you know, the illusion of love. That is basically it, right? I think so. Or at least in memory. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, because she talks about rearranging just a, ta- a day or two, but then she says, I'll settle for one day to believe in you, which to me suggests, yeah, like kind of thinking of the past differently or something like that. I, I think I even disregarding it, because she's yeah, saying I like, so. I couldn't, because maybe even closing her eyes and trying, maybe she's not trying to, to back to the future, her past, but simply <laughs> to rearrange her understanding of those events, right? To, oh, to this paint a brighter picture of it. More or less contemporary to Back to the Future. Yeah, well, this is after uh, Lindsey Buckingham records Time Bomb Town for Back to the Future 3. Yeah. Was that Back to the Future 3? I believe so. Because uh, it's on the Back to the Future 1 soundtrack. Oh, okay. It's Back to the Future 1. Ooh. My bad. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, which is not on Spotify, unfortunately. Not on Spotify. But um, so maybe she is like rearranging or trying to rearrange her mind and paint it as like these two days as like a, a classic, like good time. She can't do it. So she's going to settle for just believing him now when you tell me, tell me, tell me lies. Oh, I guess so. One day it'd be like in the future. Yeah, maybe even yeah. today, like right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you got for me, Greta? I don't know. Like, what don't you know? Even just talking about it now. Like, when you read it, like, if I could arrange a day or two, mm-hmm. like, this is going to get maybe too specific, but it's like, maybe there was, like, a potential cheating scandal or something. So maybe she's just going to have to one day just believe. In Fleetwood them. Mac? Maybe. What? I don't know, Alex. I don't Crazier think so. Crazier things have I... happened. <laughs> but that's, that's probably really too, too zoned in on one thing. Too zoned in. Yeah. When, what, what is she settling to believe in, then? And that when? maybe... You know how it's like the, oh, it's not what it looks like, babe. (laughs) Maybe that he didn't cheat. Okay, so she's she's going to believe. So the one day she's believing in is not like she's taking a day to have the perfect day and pretend to be in love. It's that she's pretending that. That what he's saying is true. Okay, but But, she couldn't find a way. No. But that comes before the I'll settle for one day. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm just spitballing here. I, I'm also bawling. <laughs> all right, so we're all clearly undecided on, on when she's believing in him, why she's believing in him, what happened, why just one or two days. Can she time travel? Can she time travel? When did Back to the Future come out? <laughs> <laughs> what is a time bomb Is town? it Fleetwood Mac without the famous trio? I came in this week. I was like, pretty cut and dry. I'm <laughs> sure there's no way we're gonna have any disputes <laughs> over any of these fucking words you you two proved me wrong today and i love that no i don't but oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we must move on uh. to the chorus tell me lies tell me sweet little lies tell me tell me lies tell me tell me lies tell me, tell me oh no lies. no you can't disguise you can't disguise tell me tell me lies tell me sweet little lies very catchy I mean, there's really only two things in there right Tell me lies and you can't disguise. 
Yeah, well, and also sweet little eyes, Alex. Oh, yeah, the lies are sweet. I, I just think, uh, I mean, she wants the lies, right? Yeah. Um, and even though they can't really disguise the truth, she's accepting them because it's a, a better a yeah, vision of something. She's not ready to let go of, like, the relationship yet, right? Right. So yes. she wants the lies. She wants the lies, yeah, because she's, she's saying, tell me lies. Yeah. Tell me sweet little lies. She, uh, you can't disguise means that she, she doesn't actually believe them. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, she, as we'd established in verse one, she's going to do her best to believe them. Yeah. Or at least accept them. Just for a day. Just one for a day. day. Um, yeah, tell me lies. That's that. Verse two. Although I'm not making plans, I hope you understand there's a reason why. Close your, close your, close your eyes. Hey, who's closing their eyes changes. Wow. Hmm. Um, what do we make of that, huh? Not the eyes, just the first <laughs> They can't see anything. <laughs> um, it's just that it, the end is very close, right? Like, to me, it's like not making any future plans because this isn't going on for much uh, longer. And also, she closes her eyes in the first verse to, to, to you know, blind herself to his, his obvious lies. She's telling him to do the same in this verse because she's like, I'm not making plans, but we should. The, the the rest of this is that we should try being separated. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she's like, "You close your eyes to the, my obvious intention to get the fuck out of here." Yeah. Well, maybe she's telling him little lies because yeah, now the he lies has, go both ways. Yeah. So he's got to close his eyes to accept the fact that even though they're still together, mm-hmm. it's not permanent by any means. They need to bite the bullet, just deal with the the pain. Yeah. That checks out to me. Alex, what do you got on this? Yeah, I mean, this one uh, seems a little more straightforward. Like, we were debating, like, all the specifics of the last <laughs> one, but the, the general idea is that, like, they, they uh, she wants to he- hear the lies and is willing to accept them over what, what she knows to be the truth. And this is, like, hey, you should also do the same right. thing. Yeah. And then maybe we can tell ourselves that this was better than it was or something like that. Yeah. What does she mean? She's not making plans. What kind of plans? I mean that the, to me, making plans means you see a future in it, right? Uh, so if you stop making plans, it, yeah, you're saying you just don't, don't believe in the future, which is kind of what Greta said. Right. I think. Yeah. It's like that whole rule. Like you can't plan, make plans in a relationship for longer than what you've been together. Is that a thing? It's a thing. So if you've been with someone for a month, you can't be like, oh, in four months' time, we're going to go on holiday. Weird. Uh, but that's just a dumb little rule. Every relationship's different. So we can't, you and I can't plan things five years into the- Yeah, because I don't know what we're having for dinner in three days' time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really know what we're having for dinner tonight. But- <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to be doing in five years' time? <laughs> Okay, um, although I'm not making plans, I hope you understand. So yeah, she's not making plans with him, or she's not making plans to see some other dude immediately after, is my question. Yeah, I guess that's the other, like, oh. the other way of looking at it. Like, she's not making any plans at all? Like, I'm just yeah, taking life like, Listen, I'm just kinda, as it comes. Yeah, taking life as it comes, I'm trying to live easy. But then, why would she follow that up with, I hope you understand there's a reason why? Because why would you say I'm not making plans to hook up with someone else? I hope you understand. (laughs) Right. You're right. I think it's got to be with With the other half. 
Okay, close your, close your, close your eyes. No more broken hearts. We're better off apart. Let's give it a try. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Lies. Yeah, I think that's... They're clearly hurting, right? Yeah, this is her. This is the sales pitch. It's like we should stop seeing each other. Yeah, but also pretend to be in love. Uh, it'll be better. Let's let's give her the old the old college try. Yeah, maybe they think that if they, or at least pretend that they were in love or that there it was good, and maybe just show the positive parts. Or maybe it's like the um. Or remember the positive. You parts. can still be friends, kind of thing. Maybe that's like the. Tell me lies. We'll be better off, right? We'll be fine. Right. It's the, there's, so even those are lies. Is like, well, it's all smooth sailing after we yeah. separate. You cannot tell the truth in love is the thesis of this song. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and that's it for unique lines, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot of repetition, echoing. A lot of echoing, yeah. Um, like yeah, that. so it's simple, so simple concept with a lot of room for people to put their own relationships on top of it. A lot of room for interpretation, as we've discovered today. Definitely. Uh, what's this thing sound like, though? It's so, it sounds just nice and catchy. Like, obviously, it is sad, but it doesn't necessarily sound. Yeah, there's a little, like, and then there's also, like, a little bit of that, too. But then even the echoes, like, Tame Tame Like, it's... I, I like the, the sound of it. I think it sounds good. So apparently what they did for a lot of this album, I read, is they played things, like, at half speed. So, like, he would play it half as fast oh. as he meant to play it. When He being Lindsey Buckingham, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. And then speed it up to get to what it's actually supposed to be played at, and that makes things sound like like they do on this track. But what does a that little, change? A little higher in pitch. <laughs> yeah, that would be A little bit, like, spacier, I guess. So, like, the shit you're hearing at the top there. Okay. That was half speed and then double. Yeah, especially, like, it's probably all done through this fair yeah. light. Right? I think a lot of it was. So I think that's part of it, is it can add these effects. But that's interesting that they would speed everything up because obviously if you double the speed you double the frequency as well um and to play it like slowly and lower i guess yeah i i don't know exactly what that would do to the sound other than changing the frequency but it does sound very yeah like, and that's i guess the effect achieved of course you got buckingham credited with guitar synthesizers fairlight and backing vocals on this <laughs> and he is typically yeah. one of the more like experimental members of fleetwood mac in that sense. Yeah, he's definitely like, I guess, ambitious in that way, and he always wanted to like try yeah. in the studio in ways other members didn't necessarily. Yeah. Very creative. And didn't necessarily do, even on the same yeah, albums yeah. sometimes. So you get this this big, like spacey, bright synth intro, probably on your fair light. And then coming with some drums, a little bit of drive and bass, very light guitar on this. Like yeah. marimba sound? Like xylophone marimba thing? Yeah. This wouldn't be out of place in a Donkey Kong Country game. What? <laughs> well, minus the vocals. Yeah. Uh, it's got some yeah. of that ambient stuff going on. 
that marimba yeah and like synthy sound like sampled uh um acoustic instruments so yeah, yeah. Nintendo there's something about the sampling on this that, and of course, you're right around the same era as the yeah, the start of the Super Nintendo. So it's not it's not entirely outlandish. But I also do talk about Donkey Kong Country about once an episode usually. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> Give or take. Everything all comes back I to Donkey does. Kong Country. Um. There's also that's where like you mentioned the layered mm-hmm. vocals already, Greta, uh, or like the echoes, uh, backup vocals. Um, yeah, which is very cool. Um, and then of course everyone comes in on the chorus, mm-hmm. which is also very cool because um, it's everybody. And I don't even think Stevie Nicks was present for like most of the recording. Of this that's album. right. She's got one actual like Nicks written track, and then she was just like in for a couple of studio sessions. Really? Why? Yeah. I think one she so was in rehab. Oh, Sierra. Yeah. And two, the Fleetwood Mac doesn't like Fleetwood Mac, so you know it's hard to get them in the same room together. Interesting. Um, very consistent though this song. Once you establish verse and chorus, you really don't yeah. like get any like crazy exciting new elements but that's because the composition of both the verse and the chorus are dense and quite exciting i find yeah you don't miss it right you don't you're not craving a big build up no because you've got this marimba percussion you've got these synth riffs there's these little sparkles that come in and out you got a bit of guitar like there is so much to pay attention to and so much like carrying up any section that it's not boring yeah yeah, it's an interesting construction. I mean, we've talked about we talk about build a lot, and there's not really much build other than verse into chorus, and it just kind of happens twice. And sometimes when you just do the same thing twice, it's kind of boring. But there's just so much going on, like you said, and uh, yeah, reason, and even just like that quality of tone, like we've talked about this, the sampling style, the this half speed then speed up technique they're using that creates this strange. Just like it's not sound profile that you get like anywhere else it's very unique and it's cool I mean, there's another there's a really low frequency mm-hmm. sound that comes in on the chorus um do you recall i have a timestamp of 54 seconds um just yeah, <laughs> i don't know it's cool it's like a yeah what are they called yeah, and that's it's the like thing is like you, you know, we keep like on mentioning just like other little this? things that come in, and that's like yeah, yeah. There's so much stuff like that. We've talked about songs, I guess, with similar structures where it's like yeah, like it's more so just like the richness of what's in the mix rather than the movement of the mix. And I think this is one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it does kind of do that, just not from mm-hmm. half to half. It's sort of from section to section and then loops. Although they do, because they kind of go back to that intro riff in the middle, and then it does sound a bit different because yeah. it's not filtered like it was before. But you know, other than not that, much change. Really I think that is. Change. We kind of talked before we recorded about how sparse everyone's notes are this week, and I think a big part of that is is that yeah. I think a lot of the artists this week struggle with what is it? Undoubtedly a catchy song, but in terms of 
like what you can do to it to alter it without losing anything, it's very difficult. Definitely. Because ultimately, if you just are like, okay, what's well, a verse and chorus, and you're just doing an acoustic guitar or you're just doing a basic rock rhythm, it's too boring to sustain four minutes of audio, right? It's. Yeah. And this one isn't even like the original mm-hmm. is only like 340, which is. Yeah, solid length. Of course, there's also their, the official extended dance remix uh, of this one, which we won't be discussing this week. Of course. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, we give it a listen this morning. It's it's not bad. Okay, some of those like there's some remixes on some like Queen Mm -hmm. CD reissue stuff that I don't like, and I often avoid these sorts of things because of it. But uh, yeah, I'll say the first half of it is kind of just like a lot of drums. You're like, all right, I get it. Just feels like you're stretching out, but then they start throwing in like new synths and new like patterns and they chop up the vocals and shit like it gets a little bit uh extra there but it's neither like with a song like this sometimes you can't do like a club remix and do it just yeah well we'll we'll see about that oh yeah 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 (laughs) um i don't want to push us along too quickly here but is there anything else we have to say about the original I don't think so, but I do think like the sound, I mean, as much as it's like an 80s sound, it's an 80s sound that's not as iconic as or not less iconic. But like when we talk about the sound of the 80s, we're not necessarily talking about this because this is more in the like, I mean, I already mentioned running up that hill and like Peter Gabriel would be in that same vein, like that kind of sound. Right. Basically people using fair lights, um, which is uh, a little more distinctive and less Right, so like as much as it is of thing, the era, it's also still, a specific subsection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as much, so it's more mm. specific and less specific in a way. <laughs> I don't know. I, what I'm saying is it, it doesn't sound like no. cheesy 80s pop. But it does sound it contemporaneous kind of with 80s. 80s pop. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about this music video then, directed by Dominic Cena. Uh, no relation to John Cena. S E N A. I was gonna ask. Um, this guy also worked on some of Janet oh. Jackson's iconic videos, including Rhythm Nation. Oh, it's a fun one. Uh, yeah, he had a fun concept oh. for this one. It said, "Put the Fleetwood Mac gang on a farm." Mm. And that he did. That he did. That's the big move here. And then also these like filters to make it look like it's a drawing, which I assume. Is the little yeah, sometimes. Lies, right? Because it looks ah. like reality. Right. So they're kind of you're you're rewriting history, as it were. Maybe you're readjusting reality by turning it into a painting. Yeah, and you can convince yourself it's real because it's not super animated or anything. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And then the other thing that is that nobody ever, except for Nixon, uh, McVie, Christine McVie. And oh, hang on, wait, two dudes. No, not two dudes. No dudes are ever in the same room together, and no, no dudes and ladies are ever in the same space together. But McVie and Nick's are at one point walking together. Oh. But usually, oh, besides some like band shots, but even those are like superimposed. Yeah, they're like yeah. outside, and you can see <laughs> the rhythm Why section with Christine. 
be together in any shots. Because they can't see each other, Greta. Close your eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's like my... Because well, it'll be like that shot of them in the hallway and you'll have like Christine McVie walk and then she fades out and then Buckingham's walking and then it fades out and then like McFleetwood's walking. But this, We just saw... They're never together. So if you yeah. go to one minute... It's hard to tell who's in the foreground of that shot, but there's like a hat. Yeah, oh yeah, I see hair. that. I assume it's just the band sitting in there. Don't know who it is. Don't know who it is. Yeah, Anybody. this is. Could be yeah, Christine McVie's could hat. Be Christine McVie. She's definitely wearing a an iconic hat here. She's she's rocking that hat. It's definitely a fellow back in fashion this day, like yeah, those big oh, white sure. hats. Okay. One sixteen. Hit me. One sixteen. Oh shit! You got me. All right, my theory's busted. Christine sitting next to yeah. Okay, Alex. Next to Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> but I don't know why don't they know. are fading in and out. Like, do you guys know? It's because they're fading in and out of each other's lives, man. I guess so. I mean, the song is about like time passing and and Did- and. People being together, beginning sometimes. and ending oh, hey, of relationships. One thirty-nine, no shot of, of kind multiple of people together. What kind of crackpot came up with this through that? <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> um, key moment here, though. Did I already miss the moment where Mick Fleetwood's hitting those hand drums? Yeah. When they're out in the field. Also, some yeah, prominent acoustic that's pretty bass. Early on. Yeah. Yes, acoustic bass um, shots. Gotta say, one thing I love about Fleetwood Mac mm. is that they have something in common with the Ninja Turtles, which is fleeing to a, a farm. And pizza. <laughs> a farm pizza. when things go bad. <laughs> yeah, then there's the pizza thing. I do there is actually a moment where you see John McVie play his like low string oh, on yeah, his bass. That's classic How many strings four string there, brother. Is there five strings on this bass? I think it's only four. Um but he yeah. plays the low E, I assume. Um, and then Secret to a four-string like, bass, Alex? There's only a low E. Same There's only what? There's only a low E. There's no high E What's on, that? on a four-string bass. Mm. Yeah. Unless you tune it that way. It's true. Know. Unless you, like, tune it that way, yeah. But I don't think... That's See, the band's all together. Yeah, these are... Anyway. You know, there's shots of a band playing together, and then there's shots of the story of a music Okay, video. okay. <laughs> okay. But they're still dressed up in the music video again. Oh, they fucking blow me. <laughs> <laughs> Come out here with a hot little theory, and suddenly I'm under attack on all Sorry. Ends. We accept your theory. No, I mean, the, the imagery is primarily them sort of wandering alone. That's true. So I think that's totally valid way of looking at it. If you close your eyes. Hey, yeah, if you close, if you your, close your eyes, your a lot eyes, of this video good. makes sense. Also, the fact that, I mean, they're on a farm and playing acoustic instruments when that is not the sound of this song at all, which is quite amusing. They're like, oh, well, let's pretend that there's a piano in this song, which maybe there is, but it's like filtered through. It goes really well with her dress, though, Alex. Yeah. So you think they have to wheel that piano out into the field, or is that just a superimposed shot? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a lot more difficult in 1987. They would have had a forklift. She'll be right. No. It's just a. It's a matte painting. (laughs) A matte painting done instead of going to a farm. But yeah, that's your Fleetwood Mac official music video. A lot of them 
hanging out at this barn, jamming on their acoustic instruments, cool hanging hats. out by trucks, wearing cool hats, and disappearing from reality. Yeah, all the videos for yeah, this it, album are pretty bonkers. I remember watching them a couple of years back. The one for Everywhere has a lot of like, like a weird like Robin Hood plot or something. What? I've never seen it. Oh, they're like, there's like horseback riding and like, like letters being written. It's very like medieval romantic. It's strange. Hmm. Um, but you know what else is strange? That it doesn't take us very long to get to an acoustic cover of this yes. song. No, no, just about uh, 18 years. Uh, Anna Turnheim in 2005. <laughs> tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Oh, no, 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 you can't disguise. Is our first cover we're talking about today. She's a singer or songwriter from Stockholm, Sweden. And she started her prestigious music career during her year abroad in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Neat. That's a place. That is a place. Um, nobody here has ever been. I take it. I was born there. I've never been to. I've never been to either Georgia. I've never been to Atlanta. Never been to Atlantic City. No. Never been to Atlantis. Okay, I was gonna ask that one. One next. of those isn't real, though. Yeah, Atlanta, I'll let Georgia. You figure that out. Um, yeah. All right, kiddos, what's going on in this version? Not a lot. I think it's just. Wait, there's more facts about Anna Turner. What, what do you oh, got? Okay. She did like a song for some stuff. It's video games. She did a song for like Alan Wake. Oh, okay. And apparently, Silent Hill Downpour. Silent That's Hill all. Downpour. Yeah. Is that the Pachinko machine? No. That's just I don't know. Wait, is Silent Hill Konami? Am I wrong on that one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, good. That was a good joke. Uh, they might have a Pachinko machine. Yeah, it was, I can't was remember the joke. It probably is. Um, but it's not this one. No. I don't think. This is it's a guitar version. It's a little acoustic guitar, a little little emotive. We got some little Little finger pick guitar. Yeah, that's mostly what it is too. That and harmonica. Yeah, yeah. we get a harmonica on the second chorus. Yeah, boy. I can kind of picture this one. I don't know what to compare it to in Calgary, but you know, at Brew Hall, and they had the woman playing guitar, like on the stairs on the balcony. Yeah, I can picture it being like that, like someone just playing this in like a little bar. Okay. Oh, we got plenty of those in Calgary too. Yeah, little they, bars. They... Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but just like like not amateur night because she's good. Like she's clearly talent. Like you well, know. Well, she spent a year in Atlanta, Georgia. She's won. I think she's a big deal in Sweden. <laughs> she, she... Like she's won a lot of awards. Stuff. Um, Over genres is listed as anti folk. Anti folk. What? How? How? Because she covers uh, pop songs, dude. Wait. That, I don't that's know, actually man. kind of focused to if do that's that. What this is. I don't know if. Yeah, this this to me is like very standard folk cover. If it's meant to be mocking or a joke, uh, I don't get that. No, I don't get that at all. Um, no, it sounds too legit. And like the take makes sense, right? Tell me lies, but it's sad. Yeah. 
I will say if there's one thing that would tip you off potentially, it's the like the harmonica playing is like so it's like over dramatic. Well, yeah. To my mind. This is like end you know? of a TV episode kind of song. It's like it's like wavering so hard if that makes sense. sure yeah you know it's like the way they blow on the harmonica is like very soft and gentle and inconsistent like they're crying at the same time you think that's enough to tip this as being satirical it's almost like over the top to me do you think like I it made me roll my eyes i don't mind the harmonica in there yeah i liked it maybe i'm a okay. I'm just a sucker for <laughs> harmonica I do I think as well, that. if they didn't have that, it would be... Super boring? Super boring. <laughs> yeah. In fact, like, I needed more was need my thing. Something else. I was like, it's great that we get this harmonica in. Thank God it's pretending to cry because the guitar isn't doing a whole lot here. I'm about to cry. <laughs> it's not crying. Yeah, it was 2005. I feel like this was not as much of a done thing at the time. Mm. This style. So it makes more sense. But I feel like it doesn't have much of a place here and now. No. And it's uh, it just, it needs like an extra element, like bring in another sad instrument. Some low droning strings or... Some casual sobbing. Yeah, just, just straight up a person crying. Just cry. <laughs> yeah, just cry. And loop it. Something. Play it at half speed, then play it at double speed. <laughs> Sorry, dude, can you cry about half as fast as you're crying right now? What? <laughs> <laughs> um oh a piano is finally coming in with a different different pattern near the end there oh yeah there are piano chords at the yeah. end yeah so you get that it's it's too little and too late in the year of our lord 2023 i think and i think considering we've probably each listened to this a good handful amount of times and we only just heard that piano i had a note on the piano i just forgot oh i didn't i did I forget about that. it yeah. i take notes of course, I did take these notes when I had a fever. Mm. Um, Alex didn't so even know what song maybe. he was listening to. <laughs> you on some flu meds, Alex? Alex straight some up thought what? he was hallucinating. Flu meds, Alex. Flu meds? Yeah. Well, you know. Nah. Yeah, no, this cover is forgettable. Yes. But who could forget the next cover? By Mindy Smith in 2009. I probably could. Yeah, it's about. about the same. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of the, the way the, the playlist is made this time mm-hmm. it's kind of like two kind of piano-y guitar-y covers two technos two rocks oh, yeah they're kind of paired neatly yeah but yeah this one gets a Which little more nice. synth in the grip yeah a little bit it's more a like a little more like on the pop country end of things yeah yeah um, looking up mindy smith she's very much in like the country vein apparently her first record deal had something to do with her performing jolene yeah She's Which is like, yeah, that makes sense. She's also listed as, I think she she gets played on like uh, Christian. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can listen to Christian her vocals. Those well. her voice is Christian. Right. She's a song called "Come to Jesus." How's "come" spelled? It's apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guess. Uh, apparently, that's her biggest hit uh, in two thousand four. 
God, Come to Jesus would be such a rowdy song. <laughs> I mean, that might exist already. Yeah, I'm looking at her... Um, okay, her first song on Spotify number was called Taking You With Me. Which yeah. could be religious or could be murderous. Come to Jesus spelt the lame way. Um, coming in at number <laughs> six. Who saved who at number three? Come on. Yeah. It was honey. Santa will find you. That's... This is threat. <laughs> she she goes from yeah like super Christian to very threatening. Yeah, Santa will find you. He's is he Liam Neeson. What are you doing New Year's Eve? Is that a, is that a song? Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, she sounds like a young I Taylor Swift, but still going to church all the time. Yeah, Taylor Swift who never took off. Yeah, who never dated John Mayer. So yeah, you get hand claps on this echoey guitar, um, like uh. Like a vibraphone of some kind replacing that marimba rhythm. Everybody's shocked by that statement. Yeah, no, I, I was trying to. Yeah. You just you both went like, holy fuck, you said vibraphone? <laughs> I didn't know. I, I didn't know we were being serious Is this week. Vibraphone? I thought we were just making cum jokes this week. That's all I came with. There's instruments in this track? Yeah, guys. Vibraphones. <laughs> wow. Yeah, a lot more guitars. Electric humming. Talk to me about the electric humming, Alex. How do you do that? The bit that goes the like whoop 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 whoop. No, like right at the beginning. What are you talking about? We're going. Right. That just kind of sounds like feedback to me. Really? It sounds like, to me like she's humming and then put through a filter. Oh, maybe. Not that first, first bit. Oh. You got to wait till. Oh, yeah. I yeah, hear it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it that- now. yeah I think so. I think you're okay, right. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, the first bit is feedback. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a couple seconds off. So do you have to, like, um, plug in? It. Do you have to mod yourself cyberpunk style to get the aux cable into your throat? Or, like, what do you do? Yeah, you gotta tear your throat okay, out yeah. first. Um, and then you gotta act fast because you're bleeding. But that's how you make a good cover, <laughs> yeah. right? That's right. This is what goes you into it. You just kind of stuff a mic in there and you're good. Uh, but the mic's got to be hot, so it cauterizes the Right, mic. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mics are hot. I'm familiar with these terms now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Right. Um, so, this, I mean, this and the last one, both of them, uh, like we mentioned already, are kind of like the acoustic versions. They drop all the synth stuff and everything is a little more straightforward yeah. instrumentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, although this one, compared to that, now we've just got a ton more production. So, like, the vocals have more, like, in terms of overdubs, there's that, like, clapping percussion, yeah. more guitars going on. Um, and she's got more, like, a, more of, like, a build. Yeah. That you'd expect that we didn't really get in the original, which makes sense if you're not doing that really lush production. Yeah. In the same way. Um, and then, like, including some, like, chimey stuff. I can't find it anymore. Possibly even vibraphone. Yeah, near the end. That's the vibraphone you're Maybe. talking about. I got it. I got it. Um, which is like pr- maybe synthesizer, but maybe, maybe not. not. I don't know. But like definitely vibraphone sound. And uh, that's the song. It's like a little more country. It's got the like, and the like, whoop, whoop, whoop thing on the guitars. You know, you play the guitar and you, I don't know. I either just change the filter or the volume. I'm yeah, not really sure. Slide a low pass filter up and down or just. Turn it up and down, volume wise. Yeah, I don't um, mind this cover. Like it's better. I, I don't. I think it's a little bit better than Anna because there's more like drums and 
Yeah, there is more happening, but but I don't. I feel like it sounds kind of soulless. Like I feel like she's never lied in her life. <laughs> well, she's Christian. She's a good Christian oh, girl. Right. She can't tell a lie. I question. Yeah, did you know this is essential? Whether this is is this essential? What oh, is the essential, Mindy Smith? I question whether this <laughs> is any better than the Anna Turnheim. Here's my. Here's what I have to say on the matter: is that right. Mindy Smith has more instruments, sure. Yeah. And technically, it sounds more like Little Lies, but then it's also I can compare it more to the original, and I go, well, this is not very good. Whereas with the Anna Turnheim, I'm like, okay, she's at least she's moved as far away as she can. Yeah. And she's she's trying to pump that emotion up with the acoustic guitar and that that crying harmonica harmonica that Alex fucking hates. (laughs) 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 And so, like, I feel like the the sensibility of Turnheim's, even if I don't like the end result, I think it is a more solid take than Mindy Smith, who does just little lies but worse and a little more country. I did feel as well because they're pretty comparable in length if mm-hmm. I remember but this Mindy one Mindy 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 feels way too long to me yeah but I don't feel like Anna's one was more so than Anna I think so okay yeah because like even with Anna's there's that like with an acoustic piece you can zone out a bit and you don't feel like you've missed anything either you're just like yeah I remember what little lies says next it says tell me lies <laughs> yeah yeah i i think for me like i didn't really like either one all that much mm-hmm. yeah I, i'd say mindy for me edges it out a little bit but like not by much mm. i'm trying to come up with an edge to jesus joke but i can't think of anything so Itching yeah, with Jesus? There's nothing funny. There's nothing funny about the about talking about edging. No, certainly not. Well, Alex, I, I respect your opinion. I think if you were like, if you're trying to keep a party going and you only have low energy acoustic Fleetwood Mac covers, definitely pick Mindy Smith over Ann Turnheim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what if you were yeah, having a good crying party though? Around these parts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if it's a cry- if it's a solo cry opportunity, chuck on Turnheim. If it's uh, you got to have more people crying, get on Mindy Smith. So people if there's feel a punch a bowl, less, yeah, a little less self conscious. Yeah, everybody can get their punch bowl and like version punch bowl. Find, obviously, yeah, find their space. It's it's just chamomile tea. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, just just kind of bring that in. There. But honestly, if you're trying to get the party going, you got to talk to Hillary Duff in year 2016. <laughs> HD. Hillary Duff. HD, American actor and singer. Um, Hillary, of course, being short for hilarious. Her full name, Hilarious Duff. <laughs> uh, originally, she was Lizzie McGuire, you know, a Disney actor, child star turned regular actor and musician. Very balanced human being. She seems like she's doing okay. She, I think she's great. I love Hillary. Yeah. So she did this cover for TV Land. And I didn't know... Have, did either of you hear of this show before? Oh, yeah, Younger? No, I've never heard of it in my life. No. It's apparently yeah. it's 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. Like, it's... I don't really want to watch it, to be honest, but I'm impressed. I've seen enough from the, uh, the, the promo footage we see in the music video for this. Yes. 
So Hillary Duff of this experience, she says, TV Land called me. They were like, we want you to cover a song for the promos for the second season. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, of course, I would love to. What's more interesting here, perhaps? Sorry, Greta, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say about that quote? Oh, I just said Finn, because you just stopped. Oh, Finn, yeah, okay. Yeah, Finn. So this is produced by Pierre Astrom and Adam Anders. Um, they're both a couple of Swedish dudes, uh, and they're the same music production team responsible for the hit television series, Glee. But you are going to say they worked with Anna huh. Turnheim. No. No. Because <laughs> oh, they're Swedish, no. Okay, I can... See, it looks like a mature Glee, the TV show. Oh, maybe. but younger. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this, is, this answers the age-old question. What if Hilary Duff did dubstep? Hilary Duff step. If you told me that this, al- well, this cover came out when she was, like, just fresh out of Lizzie. When she was doing, like, that song about rain. When she, oh, my God, I love that song. <laughs> or when she was in, like, that Cinderella story with Chad Watts-Face. Kruger. No, I don't know. <laughs> Chad, Chad Michaels? <laughs> sure. I think that's a drag queen, actually. Uh, yeah, I think that Can't is. Can't help you. It's um, not Chad Kruger. It's just not Chad Michaels. It was, one, it was like a heartthrob. Everybody thought he was hot. I never got Chad. it. Chad Michaels Murray. Chad Michaels Murray? Chad oh, you just added another Chad name. Chad Michael Murray? <laughs> 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 yeah, Chad Michael. Okay, not Michaels. Chad Michael Murray. Chad Michael Murray. Okay. So if you told me that this cover came out in that time period, I would believe it because it sounds like it was from a decade ago. Well, I guess it's not far. Off a, a decade ago from now, though, and that, was, that, that movie came out two decades yeah. ago. Did it really? Yeah. <sighs> Time makes fools of us all. <laughs> uh, but it did come out in 2016, so it was, uh, I don't know uh, exactly when dubstep, how long that lasted, but I feel like 2016 was a, a big I, I yeah. past the, the expiration date. Yeah. We were like tweens. We would have been like 14 to 16, and dubstep was happening, right? Yeah, it was like really big early high school for me. It wasn't really, yeah. It was like at its yeah. prime. So if this song yeah. came out at that period, I would believe that. And for that, yeah, I like it. I know you do. What do you like about it? Um, because it's fun. Like it's different. It's got the. She sounds when she does the the echoes. I don't know yeah. why I think this, but she sounds like a mermaid, like an electronic mermaid. Electronic mermaid. Okay. <laughs> and. I don't know. I just think it's good, and there's drums, and and she does something different in the chorus. I can't remember now. Um, but then she she amps it up a bit. I think we get dubstep in the chorus. Is what happened. Yeah, that's when you get the <laughs> really crunchy yeah. stuff going on. I liked dubstep when it came out. So I liked one dubstep cover of a. Legend of Zelda song, and that was the start and end of my dubstep affair. There was a dubstep cover of the Rugrats. Yeah, I yeah, it was definitely a bit unexpected for it to go into like dubstep area. But there's some other stuff that was from a bit that would have been a bit more modern at the time because it's almost a bit of trop pop, almost a bit of a throwback, but not like a throwback very long. Exactly, it's a little troppy, yeah, right. Yeah, and, it, da, 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 da. and the echoes, I like da, it. Da, da, da. Modern day electric mermaid. Modern day electric mermaid. Modern day electric mermaid. That's what I've always said about Hillary Duff. 
tweet that at her. Um, is it possible? Maybe. Maybe. Alex, what do you what do you think about this one? I thought it was all right, honestly. Like it's got some it's got some dancey riff stuff going on. Uh, mostly taking riffs from the original, yeah. putting them into this newer context, which is yeah, cool. Um, later on, you go into like the like ch- kind of chopped up version of the intro. Yeah. Riff. Um, not even that much later on, but like after the in the like chorus section, after the chorus, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then, like, yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was all right. Yeah, it's certainly got the money behind it. Yeah, but it was just the two of them in the room. I mean, they got the Glee guys. Yeah, they got the fucking Glee fellas on this. Um, for me, it's just—it does just sound like big money and bluster without any like good reason to exist. As much as like maybe. Um, have you not heard of the reason to exist? Younger. Yeah, I've heard of it. That's probably what it is, ultimately. (laughs) But you're right. I don't think it, like, it doesn't, you don't feel, like, you listen to the song, like, the Fleetwood one. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, like, this is kind of, like, sweet and sad, and you don't feel anything listening to Hillary, except for getting- But do you think that, sorry. I was just going to say, except for hitting the D4. Yeah. Ah. But do you think that, um... Hillary Duff rises above the synths to emerge as the dance floor queen she's been since the release of her 2007 album, Dignity. No, give me the other one where it says she sounds like a fart or something. What? <laughs> fart. Is that the plotting electronic production yeah. one? <laughs> Completely overwhelms Fleetwood Mac's delicate tango in the night space. Yeah. I was more on that end of the Wikipedia article. <laughs> Makes the Sparks diva sound like Siri's older sister. She sound like Siri in this? Not really. I didn't think so. But, you know, it was 2016. We were all just trying to get our piece of the pie. People are mean. Right. Like, how long had Siri been around for the, at that point? Yeah. Feels like a while, but I don't know. Time is a flat circle to me these days. I, this oh, version is like, yeah. and it's fine to hit on the dance floor, but yeah, it doesn't. Like, here's the thing. The production on the original version is so solid, and that version had a dance version. So, again, like, coming at it from the dance angle, did have a dance you version. have to come with something huge. So coming with just tropes of trop pop dubstep and and the fucking like synth huge. moves from Daft Punk's one more time. <laughs> no, it's played out. That does that. Yeah, it's fun. If you can predict it, you can dance to For it. For sure, easier. it's fun. I'm not denying that, but it's not. It's not adding. To, it does the subtraction of the original. It subtracts for sure. There's no addition though. Except all the things you mentioned. Yeah, but I'm talking overall value here. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, I agree. If I give you two pennies for a dime, did you get more? (laughs) Can I melt the pennies down? What did you say to me about pennies, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) What did you say to me? Uh, (laughs) This is my fucking music video theory. Now it's pennies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's all right. It's, it's all right. It's built fine. It, like it's fine. It runs. It promo. It's it will sure promo season two and has promoed season two of, of younger, uh, particularly in this this music video promo they shot for it. Which you'll notice actually, there's never like a two people in the same room. 
<laughs> together. Wow, it's all just yeah. close-up shots. On yeah, try, try me. Don't t- look at the first ten seconds. Two people. Oh, oh, so there's, uh, there's two people in the same room on this one too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you go to like fifty seconds in, they're taking photos together. Yeah, I. And of course, there's shots from the show. All right, but I'm not counting those. So we get her in a studio doing this. Um, we get to see some some knobs and levers move, some sliders. I uh, see fun. one of the two Swedish fellas. Sliders? sliders are coming in around, uh, like, what, 10 seconds in here? I'm not talking about little burgers here, Alex, to be clear. <laughs> it's at about 14 I seconds. I need small burgers because my stomach is not Right, agreeable. so you don't know if you can finish a whole one. Yeah. So close-up shots of her on the mic. We get shots of her in the hit series Younger. You'll recognize her character. Chillery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Elizabeth it. McGuire. Hilarity. Um, lots of shots of people, lots of her laughing, taking shots with producer Anders or the other Swedish guy. Nobody knows for sure. Everyone's just having a good time. They love their, their jobs. They love their jobs. Kelsey. Kelsey. Kelsey is her name. Okay, nice. You see, yeah, we see yeah. shots of people. A lot of just, like, meaningful looks at each other. If you were curious about what goes on in Younger, a lot of people just looking at each other. Sometimes hugging. Hey, is it Hilary Duff who's in the How I Met Your Father? That new series? What? Is there a How I Met yes. Your Father? Yeah. She produces and stars in How I Met Your Father as the lead role Sophie. Good for Hilary Duff, you know? Some people don't make it out of that Disney star life. She's got a kid as well, I'm pretty sure. Is her kid a Disney star? Her kid is Disney. Her kid's Walt Disney? No, all right. Let's move on to another, unless we've got more to say about this. I don't want to cut anyone short. Um, no, I'm good. Are you good, Alex? Man, yeah. Would you say you're I'm finished great. with you this? Good? <laughs> oh. We're about to talk about Alora and Cindy in 2019. Cindy. And they're a, a DJ slash producer duo from the land of Finns. Finland. They're Finnish. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Tell me lies. Tell me, tell me lies. Oh, no, no. You can't disguise. You can't disguise. No, you can't disguise. Um, all right, so this is now, we've taken away the Glee budget, so we have to have Boots and Cats drums. And oh, we, we also, sure do. We also can't afford all of Little Lies, so it's more of just a sample, <laughs> and we spend a lot more time focusing on just a lady doing vocal ad-libs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. Um... And this to me is like much more of like a very standard dance version of like, hey, let's have our own riff, let's fade in on it, let's get that boots and cats, let's repeat the chorus, let's do a little dance break. I'm like, yeah, okay, I saw that coming, which maybe is a good idea for dance, but I don't know. Maybe fits the mold, I guess. Sure, fits the mold, and yeah, make the the chorus your your like verse basically for this song instead of having yeah. it be the the jump up moment. And Her, then your chorus is the, yeah, the dance break. When the chopped moves. up vocals on this dance break. It almost sounds like they chopped up like a really old like beat em up or fighting game. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
<laughs> it, yeah, it does sound like a looped like sound effect that doesn't quite match up on one end. Yeah. Which is kind of what it is. Ultimately, this one's got more of the like build up to drop thing as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, we come back, we do that whole, uh, like, chorus section, the big vocal chop-ups and big synths and shit, and then we break back down to the, the chorus again of Little Lies. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Like, it's, I don't know, like, I think it is very predictable, like you guys said, so. But, hey, you just said you can dance to it. You can dance you to it, sure. You can't defend Hillary Duff's predictability. Yeah, but Hillary... Come puts, to my two sweet Hillary, Finnish boys. <laughs> Hillary hits you with the, the dubstep and the... Uh, the wah, 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 oh, because it's a throwback at that point, you're saying. Yeah, these guys are just playing to the times. Yeah. Hillary Duff's like, let's remember everything from Daft Punk's One More Time to dubstep <laughs> from two years back. And plus as well, like, I think... Without like the verses, and they're, like, do they even do echoes in this cover? I don't think they. No, but they do this. Kind of skit, man. That maybe is that something you're interested in? Yeah, but that would get pretty old pretty quickly, right? <laughs> yeah, and it does yeah. sound like, especially we're doing these like, oh no 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 no. That could be from any song in dance history. Yeah, maybe they just didn't know the words to the verses, so that's why they did the. Chorus. Well, they are Finnish. <laughs> So there can be language barriers sometimes. Yeah, I, I just find a lot of the times some of these dance covers can really like not take much. And it, like it doesn't like why is it little lies, right? Like what's, yeah, they don't use much of it, and I don't think the sample, if you call it, I guess it's a sample, like or interpolation, really adds that much to what is really just their own little dance track thing. Yeah. yeah. So I see that. Like if they had focused their vocal chop up thing, if they instead moved the little lies chorus to their actual like chorus section and chop up little lies, because you could do that pretty easily, and then just do the verses, then you'd have something at least more online with being a little lies cover. Even like I mean, th- the riffs in little lies are very strong. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Use more of them. In fact, yeah, like, or use them just more, like, chop uh, up the actual instruments and things from Little Lies. Let's let's even remove, let's forget about the vocal tracks for a moment. There's so yeah. much wild and crazy synth on the original There's so track much stuff in there. That you could then further manipulate and twist with the powers of modern science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 2019, brother. It's 2019. So, like, why are we focused that's, on, on... That's pre-COVID. Yeah. You had you had your whole life ahead of you in 2019. Maybe if they made it during COVID, it might have been better. They would have had more time. Have more time to think about it. But yeah, you could have just you could really get in there and fuck with the audio on this if you if you're really committed to actually covering the song and not just trying to get people to recognize your dance track by sloppily inserting a chorus into it. Yeah, I agree. Um, great cover. Let's talk about Skull Cave in 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're finished with that one. I'll tell um, you this. Yeah, we're... <laughs> we're Australian. Gotta use that one again. Australian, yeah. Um, got nothing for Australia. These guys are an Australian metal band who claim to have elements yeah. of doom metal, shoegaze, grunge, and stoner rock. Yes. What an exciting bio for what is a very boring version. 
Did you read their whole bio on Spotify? No, what do they say about themselves there? It's just them doing a bunch of name drops, but I don't know any of the people they're name dropping. And it goes on for so long. It's like, is, does anyone read this and think, oh, Tone yeah. deaf and the music. Along with Radio Play bringing the band across the country. Just, oh, it's like we're listing Australian radio stations. Yeah, yeah. and then like a bunch of bands. International heavyweights are just high on fire. Conan, Weed Eater, Windhand, Baron, One of their Cough, credits is that King. they worked with one of the guys who worked with Tame Impala one time for a live show. So. Wow. It's, it's kind of funny. Like, I read the whole thing. So I was like, what? Like, why do you think this is helping you? You, you got to do it, though, dog. It's, it's, one of the, it's like one of the three ways to write a bio as a musician. It's you know, like, here's all the people I've worked with and all of my, like, numbers. Usually you see it more with DJs. They're like, this song got 10,000 downloads in the first five minutes. Ugh. And I've played at Fuckfest, Tit Jam, and <laughs> Butts are Us. Butts are Us. <laughs> but then the other side of it is when you go into their bio and it's just like the, the semicolon and the bracket. So it's like the smiley face. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this doesn't tell me anything. And they're like Dreamweaver and you're like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this helps either. No one's going to know who you are, Jula. Yeah. And the final one where it's, it's like a straight up autobiography. And they're like, in 1976, on June 5th, I was born to a mother and father who worked these jobs. And you're like, holy fuck, guy. I just want to yeah. know what kind of music you make. But yeah, here we have Started Skull my Cave. my music listening career in the hospital when someone accidentally played. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was drumming along to somebody's recording of, of uh, Johnny Be Good. Yeah. It's when I knew I was going to be a rock and roll musician. Yeah, but here we have Skull Cave. So I was kind of excited to come to this because I was like, okay, we're going to get some... We're going to get some shit. Like, if anyone's going to have the strangeness of production value, it's going to be Doom Metal, Shoegaze, Grunge, Stoner Rock, taking on a Fleetwood Mac song that already has heavy production. I'm sounds thinking. like a good recipe. It sounds like a great recipe. But Doom gaze. The finished mm-hmm. product. The finished product is just kind of slow and boring, unfortunately. Sounds, it is like, very point, slow. I was like, did they slow it down compared to the original? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think they so. are. They're really sitting in it. And that itself is not a bad move, especially you no. get that with like these styles of metal where it's a little... S- Sludge, I know sludge metal is, I think, its own type, but, you know, you get elements of that all around. So, like, starting off there, and even these heavy drums you get in on the verse are like, okay, there's something cool going. We're going down. We're going to build up to, we're on the roller coaster and we're climbing up right now. Yeah, like, we're going to mire in the murk for a bit here, and then we're going to slam some heaviness on this chorus. Yeah. But that's not what happens. It would have been pretty cool if they did, like, the screaming, Tommy lies! Yeah, like, layer that in. You could, yeah, you could even just yeah. do it the same way they do it on the original, but with these, yeah, like, screaming metal vocals instead. Yeah, and the thing about the vocals, like, they're very monotone, and maybe that's mm-hmm. part yeah. of the shoegaze thing? I'm not sure. Um, I would have to confirm that. But, yeah, it, it, it stays because of that. It's very, like, dour mm-hmm. uh, and monotone. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they they really fill space. I'll say it, that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it was mostly like that really distorted guitar sound, which is following the riff from the original, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, kind of a slowed version of that. It really does. Um, and maybe coming after two dancey high songs. High energy dance tracks, yeah. It just feels like you're being pulled down by this. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's much more negative. 
much yeah, more negative in and its mood. Given especially the sparseness on the verse, once you've heard the first round of everything, coming to it again and then realizing you still got like three minutes left in the track, you're like, <laughs> fuck, we're doing this again and again. Like, it's just, uh, it's not doing itself any favors. No. And I think, like, even, like, on the the chorus, the guitar arpeggio and stuff sounds good. It's a great bass layer. We just, we, we gotta have more in this runtime, you know? Yeah, that's probably the weakest part of it is, like, where the original, I mean, it's not just about filling the space, right? It's about, like, having interesting stuff, and the original had so much interesting stuff, and this one fills the space, but it's not necessarily as much interesting stuff going on. So, like, is it enough to fill that? Eh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with their consistency here because they've committed to that consistent the verse always sounds like the verse the chorus always sounds like the chorus so there's never a real change in energy beyond no. the verse to chorus and there's never any like addition or subtraction of elements it's just the same level throughout Yeah. Which and if for how long it goes for that's not good mm-hmm and it takes like, I don't know, like I felt like it took 15 seconds to end. I was like, oh, is this over? And it was like, you've got 10 seconds to go. Oh, yeah. It's a big, uh, big sustain, <laughs> like guitar noise fade out. Yeah. Classic. Classic. I mean, yeah. Classic. I like that getting that fuzzy fade out. Yeah, it's, I, was, I had high hopes coming into it and uh, didn't, didn't hit those hopes for me. Didn't feel those. Yeah. I get this another one. I was like, yeah, it's all right. I, could, I don't know. Probably it's still not really like most things with metal in the name are generally not styles of music I listen to that much on my own. So I don't know. But you can, I feel like, I I don't know. I feel like they could have done something really cool with it. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. But to be fair, I didn't listen to any of their other music. So I don't know if this is just what they are. It's just who they are, man. Um, well, I assume they got to have something more exciting than this to be considered four different genres. I don't know. If you have to name drop nobodies, how much do you have going on for you? I don't know. Well, you got to, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, I guess. It shouldn't be so hard, but. But. Boring. Okay. But in terms of doominess, there's a lot of doom and gloom. On this next one. No, just kidding. Um, I meant on the Skull Cave one. On we could one, yeah. talk about Unridden Law. Sorry, you had that tone like you were moving to the next one. Let's talk about yeah, Unridden Law did. and Kaylin Russo in 2022. Yeah. So this is an American punk band formed in 1980. This is from their most recent album, of which the lead vocals and the drummer are the only original members. Uh, and then you have female vocals provided by Kaylin Russo, who is an American model and musician best known for appearances in Justin Bieber music videos such as All That Matters and Confident. I don't know either mm-hmm. of those songs. Me neither, but hey. It happens. The singer of Unwritten Law is, as you, well, you mentioned, one of the original members. That's Scott Russo. Yes. The father of Kaylin Russo. Oh, maybe that's a more... <laughs> I didn't even look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the first thing that comes up, that's for sure. Definitely not. Took me a minute to find it. I was like, what is, like, why is she on this track? I was trying to figure out, like, why is she on these punk tracks? Yeah. 
Um, and it's because, yeah, her dad's in a punk band. Yeah. Um, apparently they have a song called Kaylin, which is about her from like the late nineties. Wow. Um, so that, this is a father daughter duet version of little lies. I kind of like it a bit more now. Oh, I kind of don't like it less. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like it that much to begin with, but I like her voice. I thought her voice was, I thought she did good vocals. Okay. I listened to live version and. Oh, I didn't see a live one. Oh, his live performance was not great, I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, you get like an electric violin doing the intro riff on this, is that right? That's what it sounds like. It it's could definitely just be like got, a synth. It's kind of stressed as well, so yeah. it's definitely like synthy and like in a similar way to the original being like airy. So yeah. It's still fairly similar effect to the original version, I would say. Yeah. Um and then for the actual singing, they kind of trade off. Like you get Scott doing main, Kaylin doing backup, and then she sings the second verse, and they kind of trade off later. And they do some harmonizing on the choruses, yeah. And stuff. Um, well, I mean, really big on the chorus. Lots of vocal airs, and like the drums are huge. Yeah, guitars um, are a little course, louder. The riffs on the guitar. Yeah. Fast um, drums. Fast <laughs> drums. Yeah. Cymbal focused. Yeah, and then, you know, those, those drums eventually move the cymbals in the chorus. Like, they, they are trying their best to be a loud Fleetwood Mac song. And it, I think yeah. it's got that up and down, though, because then you come to that verse and it slows back down. Yeah, and they do add an extra element. You get this muted guitar on the second verse. So there yeah. is, like, yeah. a little bit of, like, a, a standard pop song progression sensibility put under it to give it some legs. Yeah. So it's an improvement from. I don't know if I, I think this one generally works cave. decently enough. Yeah, if it was playing at a bar, I'd be like, "Cool, this is all right." Yeah, all right. Like it's. Um, I was uh, for a minute like, "Is it weird that it's a father-daughter duet on this love song?" Uh, but I feel like it's not like the way it's done anyway. They're not addressing each other. It's more like they're. This is singing discussing. The song their own experiences with each other. Does that make sense? Is, is that how it comes off? I just feel I like know. it comes off as Maybe they... Maybe I've given them the benefit of the doubt. They both like Fleetwood Mac, and they're like, well, we could do this song. And it's not that sexual, so we can, uh, despite us being father and daughter, we can just sing it. I wonder why they just didn't... Why he didn't just get his daughter to do the vocals then. Yeah, it's and, odd that to make the choice to do it, right? Yeah, and then he could have done the just, echoes. Yeah. And he just, you know, can play rhythm guitar or whatever, like. Yeah. So I think it's an odd choice. I don't think they necessarily yeah, thought of it weird. in the same light we're thinking of it, where it's like, Strange. what does all this mean? They're more so thinking. Yeah. I want to sing. Like, hey, line. we probably grew up singing, like we sang this song together. Yeah, for, like the probably past a song they both, yeah, no, because he was 15 like. 15 to 20 years. Played right? it like, for his daughter. And she was like, I like this. He's like, I also like this. And now, it. fucking 30 years later, they're recording it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's like it's it has the same problem as like Hillary Duff and that it's like it's not exciting. You get a mm. bit of punk rock on here, not a lot. It's like there's just some more distorted guitar. You get yeah, some synth I that agree. feeds into the it original. Feel very punky. Like it's just it's just good enough to be played live and not like have people mad about it, you know? To tickle everybody's nostalgia balls, and they're going, oh, I remember 
for Fleetwood Mac. And you're like, thank you. We've been on written law and this is my daughter. Have a great night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe it's weird to expect Edge from a Fleetwood Mac cover. It's also like, this could could have it still though, right? This song is about demanding someone lie to you. There is a bit of like edginess in that. Yeah, like I don't want to know right? the truth. Yeah, it's like it's I think there could be. It's there's, not, there's emotion there. For there's sure. emotion there, and there is like darkness in there. So you can find an edge in there for sure. I think mm-hmm. I think everybody just gets too caught up in how good the song sounds rather than what they can do with the song. The song's like too good. It's really <laughs> like some songs are just really hard to cover. Yes. And this is one of them. And I especially think this one, which like the the instrumentation holds up a lot of it, not to discredit her lyrics, but her lyrics are pretty general. And like like, you know, it's not Well like, it all works together, wild. right? It works together, yeah. But I yeah. think I think it's probably sixty forty with the instrumentation doing the bit more there. In my opinion. But even in Maybe. the way they sing it as well in the original, because it's not just like, yeah, there's a lot also, of these covers of mm-hmm. one person except for Father, daughter, and love of each other. Yeah, there's the yeah, there's the Fleetwood Mac of it all, where they are like legendary musicians, right? Yeah, yeah. But even just like fucking Lindsay coming in, like I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a tough act to follow, um, and I think people really struggled with it over the past forty years here. Yeah, but we still got to break it down into three categories: worst, best, and best liar who of these people is the best at lying who who in fact can disguise who can disguise okay uh greta you're your guest so you'll start us off uh what's the worst version of this the worst i had three in the worst and i thought that i would make my mind up i had well i had mindy smith anna turnheim and Laura and, and Cinny. 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 Um, I think I really, I don't know how to pick it. I think I'm going to limit it to the two, Mindy and Anna. Do I have to pick one? Yes. <laughs> Flip a coin. I think, well, I wrote Mindy first, so let's go with Mindy. Mindy. Do you still have that dime? <laughs> yeah, she didn't take my two pennies for it, so Yeah. Like it's they're all kind of forgettable, right? Most of them. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but Mindy perhaps the most forgettable? Yeah. It's I'll take this every time I every time well. I heard the Anna Turnheim version, even when it was just like on a shuffle, just casually listening, I was like, Oh, this is the Anna Turnheim version. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, it stood out at least against some of the other ones for that. Alex, what's the worst version? I mean, I was really close to giving it to Anna Turnheim. But I think, like, she's got time on her side in that, like, it was 2005 or whatever. Right. So, I was like, okay, fair enough. It was, like, early enough that maybe it's forgivable in this style of music that I'm really not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think I'm gonna give it to Alora and Seni. Seni, that's fair. Just because I mean, similar reasons, but they don't have an excuse. Like they're behind the curve, and she's on, or on even maybe ahead of it, but oh. probably just on it. Um. So and I just yeah, once again, like 
it's similarly like not really notable. I didn't think it was the better dance version we talked about today. Um, it's mostly just their own thing that's not that great, and I don't think the the actual interpolation is very meaningful in the version. Yeah, I, the one thing it has going for it is it's the shortest one, but that's yes. not saying that. Yeah, that's much. not saying that much. Um, yeah, good call, both. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it to Mindy Smith. Just because, like, I at least remember what the Allura and Cindy sound one sounds like, even if it is super generic. Yeah. <laughs> I, clearly, I like singing it. So, yeah, Mindy Smith, forgettable. It's just like a, a deflated version of the original. Uh, Greta, what's the best version? Hillary. It's got to be Hillary, right? Like, I, I like her. I like the different things she puts into it. I know you think it's soulless, but... I know it's soulless. I'm, I'm into it. It sounds like teenage Greta bopping and having a good time. Hey, well, good for you. I'm and sure plenty of people agree with you. Electric Mermaids. Ah. You can't... Electric Mermaids. You can't beat that. Well, Alex, is it true? Can you beat Electric Mermaids? Try. Man, I mean, it's definitely on the top end of, of versions, but I didn't... There weren't a lot of strong ones this week, mm. you know? Um, so obviously I'm not going to give it to any of the three that I have in my bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are they doing in there? <laughs> hey! Um, but, like, that leaves Hillary Duff, and it leaves Skull Cave, and it leaves Unwritten Law, and I think... I think Unwritten Law with Caitlin Russo, like... Like gets the top spot, but like very narrowly and like not emphatically. Mm. Yeah, um, it's definitely not Skull Cave, though, right? I think it's I think it's still my top one. Well, Alex, that's a fair choice. I got to do a little breakdown work here as well. It's not Mindy Smith. It's not Hillary Duff. What? It, it's not Hillary Duff. Grow <sighs> up. It's not Alora and Sydney. It's not Skull Cave. So uh, I would uh, Anna Turnheim's taken a lot of heat this week, and I've also given her some of that heat. But I also feel like I've been protecting her in some weird way. I feel a bit like her dad now. I just got to fight for her. But also, Unwritten Law was just fine. Like if any of these even stick out in my mind, it's the Turnheim one. <laughs> it's like you're gonna try and play it on the harmonica now, little eyes. Yeah, I'm gonna learn how to make that harmonica cry so I can upset Alex every time I see him in person. <laughs> Let's just breathe out gently. I can't do Put that. Put a harmonica Alex. in front of your face. I don't know how to breathe out gently. <laughs> I can only breathe out strongly. <laughs> so I always got to lean away from the mic because I'm doing that. Um, no, I'm giving it to Anna Turnheim. Fuck it. I don't even... Like, and again, not emphatically. I just don't think the other ones are very good either. Uh, but who's the best liar, Greta? Who can tell you lies big and little and you'll... you'll Buy them up, eat them up. Um, I think whether or not I'll believe the lies, people can be a liar. Like, maybe I'm going to say Skull Cave just based on their bio. I don't, there's too many names there. Those people aren't real. Mm, that's true. So. <laughs> I can't confirm any of those names. Yeah, and Stoner Rock and Grunge and what was all their. Doom Metal and Shoegaze. Shoegaze. What is Shoegaze? I don't know what that is. When you look at your shoes, Greta. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not a genre of music. They're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was originally used to refer to the fact that they had so many effects pedals, they would constantly be looking down. 
Yeah. Or maybe at you their, listen to it when you're sad and you're walking. It's got a bit of that vibe to it as well. It's sort of it's where like the term fits the one, its origin, of course, being looking down your effect pedal, but also the music that seems to come out from it has the vibe of yeah, the Charlie Brown sad walk. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Um, so I think Yeah, so you said Skull Cave. Yeah, I've I've never met any of the artists, I'm gonna be real with you, so how okay. honest they are, I don't know. But I think Skull Cave. And they're Australians. They must be filthy liars. Well, that makes sense to me. Alex, who's the filthiest liar, as Greta put it? <laughs> the filthiest liar. Ah, uh, jeez. Um, Alora and Seni again? Because they almost had me convinced that they covered Little Lies. Mm, got him. <laughs> Zing. Zing. Hell of a zinger there, Alex. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to give it to Unwritten Law and Kalen Russo because they almost got away with their father and daughter relationship. Mm. It was almost unexposed to me, but Alex Mildenberger was on the case. So you know what? There you go. There are a couple of... Call me Alex the Inspector. I don't know, man. And What's the... What are those guys like? Alex Guts Spildenberger. Al- Spildenberger. How's that, huh? Yep, Pinkerton. That's the what I was trying to remember. <laughs> that does it for our main segment. If you got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. We're still there. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake Cressy, at some Alex WiseGuy. Send us comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. You can find Greta James and her delightful business Poppy Woo! Threads on Instagram. At Poppy Threads Poppet on Instagram or just Poppy Threads on Facebook. Yes. Um, as we have a guest, I do have a bonus segment today. Um, Greta, you have a pretty clear view of my monitor here, so just don't. Okay. Don't look at it. All right. <laughs> um, Fleetwood Mac, famous for crazy relationships and love triangles. We're going to talk about famous rock star love triangles today. I'm going to name two of the people oh involved in the triangle, and you guys have to guess the third. Okay. Are y'all ready for this? I feel like I somehow uh, suggested this for your bonus segment last week. You kind of did, and then I ran with it this week. You have a problem <laughs> with that? <laughs> um, the first love triangle. Courtney Love, Kurt Cobain, and... There was another one? There was another. Dave Grohl. There's another one? It was not Dave Grohl. <laughs> there was another one? Yes. They had a... They had a, they had a, love, a lot of these are going to be like couples, and then somebody else is going to be involved. Pamela Anderson. <laughs> Uh, was it like Marilyn Manson or something like no, that? No, I'll give you all a hint. To give you two hints, another like 90s alt-rock slash grunge rocker, and also we have talked about this, one of this guy's songs on, uh, on Cover Me before. To narrow it down, it was during Entrepreneur Summer. Which one? I'll never tell. Oh my gosh, was it Sammy Hagar? <laughs> <laughs> it's 90s rocker Sammy Hagar. I don't even know uh, who that is. Uh, from Van Halen. Oh, okay. Okay. Sometimes. No, it was Billy Corrigan. She was dating Billy oh, Corrigan Billy at the Corrigan. time she met Kurt. Yeah. Zero points for everyone. Okay. Next one, Pam Anderson, yep. Tommy Lee, and... Kid Rock. How did you know that? Because I know that. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that one. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that. Okay, you should... That, it was... Yeah, it was okay. like a... I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. Okay. I, I thought that was common knowledge, though. Alex, were you going to get that one? Were you... 
You pick on the pants? Um, I wouldn't have, but I kind of remember it now that now, now that you brought it up. All right, here's yeah. a, here's a relevant one: Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, and was it Mick Fleetwood? Alex Mildenberger <laughs> on the board. We're one for one. Yeah. Here we it's got one of those stories from the from the uh, rumors recording sessions. I think. Okay. <laughs> or like thereabouts. Thereabouts. Here we got BB Buell. That is B E B E space B U E L L and Todd Rundgren. Who's the third? Uh, Justin Bieber. No. What? Oh. <laughs> I don't know who the I don't. <laughs> you don't know who either of the other two are. No. Do you, Alex? I kind of know who Todd Rundgren is. I'm going to say, I don't know, David Lee Roth. Not good enough guess. It was Steven Tyler. Okay. <laughs> Didn't Todd Rundgren like raise, I was going to say Arwen, Liv Tyler? Oh, Liv Tyler. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I should have, yeah. Okay, and the final one, Patty Boyd, George Harrison. Who's the third? Eric Clapton. Shit, you actually know one, Alex? Yeah. Hey, way to go. He wrote Layla about Patty Boyd. Layla! Um, Eric Clapton, piece We, like, just talked about Derek and the Dominus. Yeah, we did. Uh, Two points for Alex, one point for Greta. (laughs) It was a tough one. We got Linda Daniels, Johnny Ramone, and... Anyone from this century? (laughs) Listen, t- take it up with Loudwire. I'm taking this from an article there. Anyone from this century? Jeez Louise. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a pretty easy way to guess this one. Linda Daniel, part. Johnny Ramone, and... Post Malone. <laughs> Post Malone. Is it another one of the Ramones? I mean, you tell me, Alex. Simone Ramone. I said Tom... Is it Tommy Ramone? No, it's Joey Ramone. Joey? Is there a Tommy? Um, I don't remember. There's too many Ramones to tell you that. Here, the recently deceased... Maybe I just gave that away. No, I'll use him. Then David Crosby, Joni Mitchell, and... Uh, Steven Stills? No, Graham Nash. Uh, ah. This is the final one. I don't know either of any of these names. We got Michelle Phillips, John Phillips, and... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> And and Denny Doherty, this is uh, the mamas and the papas. I know it's on, on the, the tip, tip of, of your tongue, tongue, wasn't it? Uh, I would have got it if you give me a few more seconds. Would you have actually? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you have it. That's today's bonus segment. Alex surprisingly <laughs> coming out on top. Oh, wow. Man. That was a rough one. That was a rough one. Um, Next time, I'm going to make the bonus segment. I don't fucking think so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been... You can complain. You come on to my show. <laughs> Just credit my music uh, video theories. It was hard. <laughs> All right. Um, that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. Greta, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm sorry if I was a difficult guest, uh, but always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. <laughs> uh, and as we always say on Cover Me... Cover me, cover sweet little me. <laughs>